It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Harris Faulkner. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, October 2nd, 2023, I'm Mike Emanuel. The countdown to government shutdown ended with Congress passing a last-minute funding extension to November 17th. That's allowing key committees on Capitol Hill to continue their Biden impeachment inquiry. People are worried that the President of the United States could be compromised by his son's foreign business peddling. And Lisa Brady. Money just got tighter for Americans with student loans as payments resume. At the end of the day, it is a debt. It's a debt that you need to pay down. And so uh, whenever possible, you want to work that into your budget uh, and figure out that payoff plan. And I'm David Marcus. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy avoided a government shutdown over the weekend by passing a last-minute stopgap funding bill. Though he received praise from many House Republicans, fellow Republican Congressman Matt Gates of Florida is looking to have McCarthy removed as Speaker this week. McCarthy told me on Fox News Live... It is no surprise. Matt's probably planned this from the day I ran for speaker, if you watched. He never voted for it. And, and the difficulty is Matt was the individual who voted against our most conservative bill that would have secured the border. Gates talked about his plans on ABC's This Week. If at this time next week, Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House, it will because, be because the Democrats bailed him out and he can be their speaker, not mine. So, so when, when do you make this move? Uh, you'll be seeing it this week. Regardless of Gates's potential plans, Congress now has 45 days until the next government funding deadline. No government shutdown means the Biden impeachment inquiry can continue without interruption. South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who's on the Oversight Committee, says if the Bidens were innocent, why aren't they cooperating? Evidence is everywhere. It's in text messages. It's in emails. It's in meetings, dinners, phone calls, SARS reports. And every time Joe Biden's been asked about it, he's lied. So if he's done nothing wrong, why lie about it? And if he shows his bank records, then we don't have to do the inquiry. Meanwhile, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg defended the president and blasted GOP lawmakers, claiming their focus is in the wrong place. The idea that uh, a Republican member of the House has time to go down to a committee room and uh, launch an impeachment inquiry over, they can't even say what it's over. They're, they're just hoping if they keep inquiring, they'll find something. And they don't have time to move the Railway Safety Act forward. Uh, it, it really tells you how screwed up the priorities are on Capitol Hill. Some allies suggest Republicans should be celebrating after the House Speaker avoided the shutdown. You know, a lot of people count out Speaker McCarthy, and he continues to pull things out of his hat. Missouri Republican Congressman Jason Smith is chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. In fact, he worked extremely hard to make sure that government stayed open for the next 45 days, and also the disaster relief was taking care of all the places in the country that needed it. And he is committed to filling and finishing the rest of the appropriations bills. Out of the House of Representatives, we have passed more than 70% of the funding 
of the the appropriation bills and we got to finish our job and that's what he's wanting to do over the next 45 days in fact the next two weeks that is our focus and concentration we weren't supposed to be in washington over the next two weeks but he called us back and we're going to be there to try to finish these appropriations bills and yet florida republican matt gates one of your own, a Republican, is saying he's going to make a move to try to basically remove the Speaker of the House from his job. It feels to me like this is personal. I've been told that perhaps Gates blames the Speaker for an ethics investigation into Gates. What do you make of it? It's 100 percent personal. There's no question about it. Every member of Congress knows that Matt Gates was one of the people in every one of the 15 rounds for speaker that never voted for Kevin McCarthy, still to this day has never voted for Kevin McCarthy. And it is unfortunate that he would waste time in our schedule to do this. The only way that Kevin McCarthy could be removed as speaker is 200 plus Democrats work with Matt Gates. So Matt blames Kevin McCarthy for working with Democrats, even though super majorities of the House Republicans voted for the CR, he is now going to do the complete opposite and do a supermajority with the Democrats to try to remove Kevin McCarthy. Do you expect Democrats will vote present or do something just to kind of stay out of it? It's very hard for me to predict the Democrat Party, but right. what I will tell you, it's a waste of time. We need to finish these appropriations bills. Matt Gates says he wants to finish these appropriations bills, but if he does a motion to vacate next week, that will not only stall the appropriations bills, but it will stall the investigations. Well, and he has said he intends to do it. We will certainly follow every step of the way. You've played a big role in leading the charge to investigate President Biden's involvement in his son's business dealings, recently holding a press conference related to the investigation. What were the key takeaways from this news conference and your response to any pushback you've received? You know, we released over 700 pages of documents that the two IRS investigators, the whistleblowers that came before the Ways and Means Committee, and in these documents, they confirm Joe Biden's political power and influence was the brand that Hunter Biden sold all over the world. And the evidence shows the complexity and the scale of the Biden family influence peddling scheme, which funneled millions of foreign dollars through subsidiaries and LLCs to avoid taxes and hide how the money went to different Biden family members. And also, the Department of Justice not only ran interference for Hunter Biden's investigation, but the DOJ was protecting Joe Biden as well. We know that the DOJ took unprecedented action to stop in its tracks any investigations that led towards President Biden based on those documents we received from the IRS whistleblowers this week. A lot of folks I talk to say, where's this impeachment inquiry going? Basically, what are the next steps? We're definitely following the facts. In fact, this week, we subpoenaed the bank records of James Biden and Hunter Biden. We have called for numerous Biden administration officials to come before Congress to answer questions. We're going to follow the facts, and that is where we're going to go. What have the facts shown you so far about the way things worked in terms of money flowing into the Biden family? You mentioned the president's brother, his son, Hunter. What are you finding in terms of how money has flowed from overseas interests? 
Well, one of the facts that came up this week, too, was over a $250,000 wire to Hunter Biden from a Chinese business associate. And in that bank wire, the address that it showed was President Biden's Delaware home, even though Hunter Biden was living in Malibu, California. These are the kinds of facts that we are uncovering every day, which is causing such great concern to members of Congress and, of course, all Americans. What's the feedback you get when you talk with your constituents and the American people who they identify you from these high profile hearings and and when they speak with you about what you're doing? You know, people are really upset. They've seen the president of the United States more than 10 times say that he knew nothing of his son's business dealings. Now he's saying that uh, he was not involved in his son's business dealings. And we have documentation showing that he was definitely connected, whether it was business meetings in the White House with Hunter Biden and his associates, whether it was taking Hunter Biden and his business associates on Air Force Two to foreign nations where he's looking for business agreements. People are worried that the president of the United States could be compromised by his son's foreign business peddling. You've touched on the subpoenas for the bank records for Hunter Biden and the president's brother, James Biden, personal and business records. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to be thrilled with those subpoenas. Do you think ultimately they'll cooperate or do you expect a big fight? I would expect a big fight because this administration has been stalling at every request that we've had to, to get individuals to come before us. That's why we had to do the subpoena. And I am sure that it's probably going to lead into the courts because that's the path that the Biden administration and the Hunter Biden has continued to go after. How has this year gone in Congress? You guys have had a very narrow majority in the Republicans. Um, and, I, and I think expectations have been tricky because people are like, oh, Republicans run the House. They should run the agenda through Washington. And yet you're dealing with a Democrat in the White House and a Democrat led Senate. You know, we can control half of one third of government by controlling the House of Representatives. And it's the smallest majority that the House Republicans have had in decades. And so I'm very proud of the accomplishments that Speaker McCarthy's been able to lead. He made sure that we had the Fiscal Responsibility Act passed that made spending for next year to have to be less than this year. That will be the first time in my time in Washington that spending in a following year is actually less. We also saw work requirements for welfare benefits for the first time in two decades. There's a lot of wins that's happened. The first time that a true border security bill has passed since George W. Bush was president, and it happened under Speaker McCarthy. So there's a lot of good work being done. We just need to continue the work. Is that your message to some restless conservatives in your own GOP conference that, look, you know, there are limited things that a House-led or Republican-led House can do with this uh, vote count you have and the rest of the town being controlled by Democrats. Absolutely. And you also have to look at what we've stopped. Before the House Republicans took over nine months ago, the Democrats controlled the House, the White House, and the Senate. And what did they do? They ran through $10 trillion of new spending, which led to the highest inflation in 40 years. Inflation's increased 17.4% since Joe Biden's taken the oath of office. And that has cost every American two months 
of their salary since Joe Biden has taken the oath of office. And it's made it more difficult for every American to put food on their table, clothes on their backs and gasoline in their cars. And we have stopped this uncontrollable new spending that would have happened if the Republicans were not in control. I know a lot of folks at the White House and also in the Senate were upset that money for the war in Ukraine was stripped out of the continuing resolution. I know people in your conference were upset about uh, additional border measures being stripped out. How do you expect that to play out in the coming weeks? Do you expect that they may be linked together? So maybe if you want the border tightened up, you may also be paying for some Ukraine war money. It was amazing that yesterday it looked like a time that the United States Senate, controlled by Chuck Schumer, was going to shut down government because Ukraine funding was not in the continuing resolution. That that was quite, quite disturbing. We saw the tactics, even even one of the Democrat members of Congress pulled a fire alarm in the Cannon office building during a vote. We saw such obstruction yesterday. You could you can't even make it up. You will see without a doubt there will be a huge argument about Ukraine funding moving forward and also securing our border. we got to secure our border before you even talk about Ukraine funding. If we can't take care of our own borders, we shouldn't worry about other countries' borders. He is the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Jason Smith, Republican of Missouri. Thank you so much for your time, sir. I wish you a great week and safe travels. Great to be with you. You have a good week as well. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. This is David Marcus with your Fox News commentary coming up. Time's up for millions of Americans with student loan debt as payments resume after an extended pandemic pause. We have just been trying to budget for it and thinking, like, how is this going to affect 
um, you know, things that we're planning for. It stops you from getting homes, stops you from car loans. And once you have a degree, I have a degree from Baylor, but a $250,000 loan is a lot to pay back. There is some leeway for borrowers facing a cash crunch. Earlier this year, President Biden announcing what amounts to a one-year grace period from the most severe penalties for non-payment, what he calls an on-ramp. After his plan to erase, some student debt was struck down in court. I'm never going to stop fighting for you. We'll use every tool at our disposal to get you the student debt relief you need and reach your dreams. The bottom line, though, is payments are coming due again at a time when inflation remains elevated. And many borrowers say they'll have to make adjustments. Just over 40 million Americans have student loans. Uh, there's that many student loan borrowers. Nick Wolney is senior editor for CNET Money. And while the monthly payment will vary, the average amount due per borrower is just over $37,000. So it's quite a bit of money. What we do also know from data is that when student loan repayments resume, about one in five borrowers are going to be staring down a monthly payment of over $500. Uh, so it is substantial. Ultimately, what it costs per month is dependent on whether the borrower is enrolled in an income-driven repayment plan. Are they paying the minimum? Are they paying extra on top of it? Um, but for many Americans, particularly since they haven't had to pay on this debt for over three years, it's going to be a substantial amount of money um, that they'll need to work into their budget. Before we take a deeper dive into some of those payment plans that people can try, um, I know a lot of people have told CNET they're going to have to cut some other spending to try to make payments. What are some ways that people are planning to do that? Right. Our CNET money survey found that 70 percent of borrowers plan to adjust their budget in some way when payments resume. Of that, 41 percent said they would cut back on leisure activities as expected. We also saw 30 percent of respondents say that they're going to cut back on holiday spending. You know, this is <laughs> probably some of the worst timing of the year in terms of when to start an additional debt payment. We've got holiday right around the corner. For many Americans, that's the most expensive of time of the year, whether it's gift shopping, entertaining, travel, anything like that. Uh, and so many borrowers are going to cut back on their uh, on their usual holiday festivities in order to make ends meet and in order to work all of this into their budget. In addition to trimming spending, some people are talking about making adjustments that seem like risky ideas financially. For instance, using credit cards more for purchases. Um, you know, what are some other changes that maybe people should avoid? Well, one thing to remember with credit cards is that, you know, credit card debt is at a record high. Credit card APRs are at a record high. Um, that's a result of people just leaning more into credit cards in general uh, to deal with inflation, to deal with the rising cost of goods. Uh, and so for many Americans, for many borrowers, they've kind of gotten into the habit of leaning into the credit card more than they should, perhaps. Um, I've also seen uh, some headlines floating around that, you know, a strategy would be to just not pay your student loan, which I don't recommend. Uh, but, you know, they are offering an additional one year forbearance period where if you were to go into forbearance, you need to delay starting to pay on your student loans again. It won't impact your credit score for this first 12 months just to help people get on their feet, just to help people get totally organized. Um, at the end of the day, it is a debt. It's a debt that you need to pay down. And so uh, whenever possible, you want to work that into your budget uh, and figure out that payoff plan. Uh, but that's a lot of what we're seeing right now is that just over the last year, because of inflation and the general cost of living, um, higher goods, people have been leaning into those credit cards. And the concern is that 
it's kind of become a habit to lean into those credit cards on a regular basis. I wanted to ask you about one other thing that maybe people should avoid, and that's the idea of dipping into long-term savings to help make these payments, right? Because that just makes it harder to recover in the long run. Right. And if you're in a situation where you know, you, you don't have the income to to make ends meet regarding your student loan. That is quite literally the definition of why income driven repayment plans exist. You know, we'll talk about Biden's save plan, but IDR plans have been around for years. And this is really the purpose that they serve. They allow you to continue making progress on your student loan payment. Um, even if you are really financially crunched. It might also be, you know, it's time to have some real talk with your friends and your family about what is and isn't working in your budget and how you'll carve out enough extra space in order to to make that payment. So that's something else that's coming up a lot as well. Those income-driven repayment plans, how exactly do they work and how hard is it to get approval for that kind of program? So the good news about the income driven repayment plan or an IDR plan is that it's based on the income that you report on your taxes. Uh, and so when you sign up for an income driven repayment plan, uh, it's fairly easy for the US government to corroborate that against a past IRS return. Uh, and you'll be assigned a certain minimum monthly payment in proportion to your income and in proportion to the size of your household. So someone who is just a household of one will have a different overall payment than someone who is the head of household for, you know, a, a spouse and three children, for example. Um, so it is fairly easy to sign up. There are millions of borrowers that are signed up for it. Um, what we also know from our uh, CNET money survey is that that with this new plan, the Biden administration's save plan, which is the newest version of IDR and probably one of the best versions of IDR, many of them don't even know if they're eligible for it. They're not even sure what it is. We found that 43% of borrowers were unsure of whether they would even be eligible for that plan. And for many of those borrowers, it's going to cut their monthly payment in half. So it's definitely an advantage. And the Department of Education wants to make it as easy as possible uh, because people who are on an IDR plan, they're less likely to default on their loans. They're less likely to fall behind on payments. It just becomes a win-win all around. And just to make it clear for people to find out if they're eligible for that kind of plan and to apply for it, is that who they're going through, the U.S. Education Department? Like they're going through the federal government? Right. So this is specifically for federal student loans. Anything talking about IDR or payment relief plans um, that the federal administration is going to manage, that'll apply to a federal loan. But uh, studentaid.gov slash save, that's a really nice one-stop shop. Uh, and for most borrowers, you'll be able to get all of the information that you need from that particular page. It's important to distinguish that you'll have the Department of Education itself, but your student loan, your federal student loan, is usually going to be managed by a student loan servicer. So you'll want to be on the lookout for that particular lender, as well as that information from the Department of Education. In terms of who you're paying each month, it's going to be your student loan servicer. Um, so that is where you'll want to set up things like automatic payments and get everything squared away in terms of your monthly payment. Now, since a lot of people apparently don't know that they might be eligible for something like the SAVE program, that seems to open a door for scammers to swoop in. What, what kind of scams are happening? Well, a lot of them. Uh, monitoring company transaction network services found that in a two-week period in September, there were 350,000 robocalls specifically related to student loan repayment. Uh, and how those robocalls usually work is that 
the person on the other line is either indicating that they are with the U.S. Department of Education, or they will throw out the name of a student loan servicer. Um, so they're kind of taking advantage of this chaos and confusion that's floating around right now. We've really got three factors at play. One is that borrowers are coming off of a long payment pause over three and a half years for many borrowers. The second is that the SAVE program just officially rolled out in August. Uh, and so that's fairly new. People might think that doesn't apply to them. And then in the rush uh, for everyone to start repaying again, some student loan servicers sold your debt <laughs> to a different lender. Uh, and so if that's the case, then you're getting an additional layer of communication from those lenders communicating the status of your loan. So amidst all of that, you know, particularly for younger borrowers, it's suddenly this flurry of communication. Uh, and so we're seeing this surge of robocalls, of scam calls as well, trying to capitalize on that for borrowers and just trying to take advantage of the amount of communication that's swirling around right now. So something to really look for. Well, how do you tell if it's a scam or not? Is it you sort of follow the basic rules of, you know, don't click on something you're not expecting, don't answer a call if it's, you know, someone you don't really know who it is, like verify by reaching out to your servicers and lenders? Yeah, the good news is that nearly all of this management can be done online at home from your computer. And I would say robocall scam hygiene in general is that, you know, if someone's calling you and asking for financial information over the phone, then that's a red flag. You know, it's time to hang up or it's time to just cross check that uh, online. So paying attention to those particular pages um, and what that step-by-step -step process is. That's why we're trying to get the word out that, you know, those resources already exist and those will give you the most up-to-date and the current information. Um, so really to get signed up and to get squared away, you shouldn't have to get on the phone with anyone. So for borrowers looking to protect themselves and their money, what's your bottom line right now? Your biggest tip for people with student loans, um, especially those wondering how they're going to make the payments? Learn about the Biden administration's new SAVE program. Um, I think this program is a really happy medium in terms of improvements while also not offering the, you know, President Biden tried to offer this flat forgiveness last year, the $10,000 and $20,000 flat forgiveness that was eventually shut down by the Supreme Court. This program has a lot of, uh, a lot of perks and a lot of advantages. I think one of the biggest ones is that instead of your monthly payment being calculated off of 10% of your discretionary income, it's going to be calculated off of 5% right now. So in layman's terms, it's going to cut your payment in half. Also, if you're someone who is, uh, you know, you got a lot of student loan debt and your income doesn't really line up with how much debt you have uh, and you've got lots of interest accruing every month, get on the save plan and get that adjusted payment because any additional interest that's not covered by your payment, that's actually going to be forgiven every month. Uh, so it's free money and free money from the government is rare. <laughs> so I'd say, you know, take advantage of that. But the only way to take advantage of it is to be enrolled in that plan. So if you are concerned about your student loan, chances are you can mitigate a lot of that pain, I'll just say it, <laughs> the pain of paying it back um, by getting enrolled in that plan and getting that, that adjusted payment amount. It's going to make a really big difference for a lot of Americans, especially as we go into holiday. CNET Money Senior Editor Nick Wolney, thank you so much for all the advice. Thanks for having me.
Here's a look at the week ahead. Monday, former President Donald Trump's fraud trial will begin in New York. This after a judge found the former president and others liable for fraudulently inflating the values of real estate assets. And reps for SAG-AFTRA are set to return to the negotiating table with major Hollywood studios as the actor's strike continues. Tuesday, Hunter Biden is set to appear in federal court in Delaware to face new gun charges in the first-ever prosecution of a sitting U.S. president's child. Wednesday, FEMA and the FCC will conduct a nationwide test of the emergency alert system. Thursday, the Maryland Supreme Court will hear arguments in the Adnan Syed case. A judge last year vacated his murder conviction brought to light by the Serial Podcast. Friday, the September jobs report comes out, showing where the nation's unemployment rate stands after leaping up to 3.8% in August. And that's a look at your week ahead. I'm Matt Napolitano, Fox News. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. David Marcus. What's on your mind? The illiberal wokesters in New York City Council are at it again, this time absurdly threatening the removal of statues of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, among others. Obviously, their destructive lunacy must be stopped, but frankly, it's not enough. We must demand that the statues felled amidst the madness of 2020 be restored to their rightful places. Take the iconic Teddy Roosevelt statue ripped from the entrance of a museum of natural history that he made great or the statue of Abraham Lincoln in Boston that was commissioned and paid for by none other than freed slaves. The year of our Lord 2020 was like a dinner party gone out of control with China smashed and upholstery destroyed in a fevered mayhem of COVID-19 and George Floyd riots. Now, as we awaken from the stupor, albeit with one hell of a hangover, it's time to make amends and fix what was broken. That is what responsible people do. Not only is the restoration of these marvelous monuments to our shared history the right thing to do, it will also send a powerful message to those who continue their assault on our culture. Progressives earnestly believe that any social goal they achieve is irreversible, that the ratchet only goes in one direction. And that's been mostly true, from welfare to crime to education and the border, even when the results are demonstrably terrible. In their Hegelian, Marx-addled minds, the left truly believes that the arc of history bends solely and irrevocably to their whims. That must be proven wrong. Everybody knows that the damnation of the memory of legitimate American heroes like Roosevelt and Washington is an act of cultural suicide. We know this because prior to 2020, when conservatives, including then-President Donald Trump, expressed concern that removing Confederate statues would slide down the slippery slope to sidelining Washington and Jefferson, we were called crazy. In 2017, this headline from NBC News chided Trump, quote, statues of Washington, Jefferson aren't next, but it's complicated, historians say, end quote. Turns out they were next, and in very short order. A naive historian named Kevin Levin is quoted in the article saying, we can acknowledge they were flawed men and were slaveholders, but they founded this nation, an imperfect nation. These were wise words, but that's not how the protesters looked at it. Lincoln was the great emancipator and Roosevelt was the savior of our public lands. They still tore down the statues in their zealous rage. Even worse than the removal of statues was the fact that it was done with so little input from the American people. 
There were no referendums. Instead, the elites, be they politicians, museum boards of directors, even universities, made those decisions for us. Let's give Washington and Jefferson one more election. Roosevelt and Lincoln never shied away from political fights. Give the American people another chance to vote for their vision of a great nation, rightfully proud of its accomplishments. Adjusting great society is not the one that makes no mistakes. Such perfection does not exist. Rather, it is the society that recognizes and corrects its mistakes, constantly restoring its course, not to a predestined arc of history, but to the choices of free men. It's time to bring the statues back, not just for ourselves, not just for the men and women who crafted them, not just for the heroes they celebrate, but for posterity, for our children, who deserve to ponder the greatness of a society which they will soon inherit. This is David Marcus, author of Charade, The COVID Lies That Crushed a Nation. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Dana Perino. Join me for my brand new podcast, Perino on Politics. As we analyze the 2024 election cycle, make sure you subscribe to this series on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts and leave me a rating and review. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.